Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of the PD Sports Podcast. I am Paul, and with me today is Damien. Damo, how are you going, Not mate? bad, mate, not bad. A little tired. It's been a very busy weekend. I've had to work the Monday as well afterwards, but a busy weekend means a lot of sport to recap, and I can't wait to get stuck into podcast 28. Yep, exactly. Another huge uh, weekend of sport. We had the, the pleasure of watching a lot of this uh, together, which has been good. So we know we're going to be on uh, similar wavelengths and we've sort of had a few chats about um, a few of these big events already. But for those that have been continuously giving us their support, thank you across all platforms, whether that be through YouTube, through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, or through any other means of communication that we've got. So Big thing from the weekend uh, probably is the vlog as well. So if you want to see what Damien and I got up to over this weekend, jump over to my channel on YouTube, Paulie29. We've got a a nice vlog of us uh, from the weekend uh, and some of the shenanigans that we got up to with a few few familiar faces and names from both our communities. Yeah, there's a couple questions from one of the lads uh, in the bottom section of the pod as well. So... You'll definitely know who people are in the vlog. I'll also say, Paul, I think me and you are pretty keen on doing a few more of them as well, aren't we? Yeah, just trying to find the right sort of events and and things for us to try to, to highlight. So I think that sort of IRL content will go down pretty well. So we'll, if you've got any suggestions of things you do want to see us uh, potentially, you know, video or, or get content out for, let us know through the Discord so that we can try and make some of that content come to life for you guys so I think there's there's only one place really to to start briefly on this weekend uh, grand final which is part of the reason we went on our trip so great game for three or two and a half two and three quarter quarters and then it kind of got out of control I was talking to um, my sister's boyfriend and he's a big AFL nut he's a Brisbane Lions supporter Um, and he fought up until three quarter time it was arguably one of the best grand finals that he's seen in a long while. And I feel like that is a true statement because it kind of swang like a pendulum, it just either side. Yeah. You didn't know which way it was going. You know, the D's came out well and then Bulldogs came back and it looked like Beveridge has got this master plan of how he set them up and they're going to run away with it now. And then I think, uh, you know, the D's came back and then the dogs edged again. And then I think the big changing point was the fact when Caleb Daniels swung Gorn off the boundary line into the floor... Melbourne just went. It's like it fired them up. And then from that moment on, what, they kicked 17 of the next 18 goals? Something like that? Yeah, something stupid like yeah. that. For me, it was the Petrarca, that Petrarca goal. We dribbled it through. Yeah. I mean, that was that was, that was was sort of that that turning point where they're just like, see you later, we're going now. Um, and then the dogs just couldn't find the answer. It was crazy. It was just a, the definition of an avalanche just continuing to pile on so I just feel like, I'm still going to put it yeah, go I'm still putting it in the bracket of one of the better grand finals over the last handful yeah um, I think so too and that's strange to say in a game that's such a blowout and we didn't see a blowout happening and it didn't feel like a blowout until the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter and you're like wow Melbourne have absolutely nah, no, just done them haven't they yeah yeah but, 100% so I mean they're, they were, they're top for a reason oh, I just, I just want to highlight said, that they pumped Geelong to get in there. They who else did they pump? Nah, their pre, their qualifier wasn't a pumping. It was about twenty points. Nah, they just they looked dominant the whole time though. Up until I thought the granny was their hardest game in the in the final series. They just looked like um, they were going to do it. No, nah, it was more the prelim was just both prelims. We said the rollovers. Their qualifier. I'm trying to think who finished fourth. It was Brisbane, I think, in the yeah, end. Yeah, and, and Brisbane put and Brisbane pushed them the whole way. So. I wouldn't say that one was crazy. Uh, Br- Brisbane um, never got going, yes, they though. Did. They, 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 they were always like yeah, a few kicks there. back. There were always a few kicks back, and then they couldn't get momentum. And you, can't comp- you can't compare it to winning, to kicking 107 to 12 points or something in 40 minutes of play. Yeah, I know. That was, you can't compare yeah. it. So you got to give Brisbane credit there against the top team where they scraped into the top four. They only go down by four goals. You can't say that 
Melbourne dominated that because there were periods where Brisbane looked fantastic too. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I said it when we first previewed the finals that I thought Brisbane could go deep if they could win that game of football. And, uh, unfortunately for Brisbane, they never did. And who knows? Uh, arguably, probably should have beat the Bulldogs as well. So, if you're a Brisbane Lions supporter, I'll definitely, definitely, definitely be... Uh, yeah, looking at another opportunity missed. But um, I think we can't take nothing away from Melbourne. They were great. I still think the Bulldogs had an unreal year. Um, and there's not much else that you can really say about the Bulldogs uh, this season. Just, just... Like, they, didn't, they didn't set themselves up for success, though. They had to do it the hard way, and they fell short. And that's what it looked like. They just looked like they ran out of gas. They just couldn't go. No. And that's part of, that's part of their run home because, they, you know, end of the day, they should never have been in a position where they had to play three finals to get to the grand final. 100% that's, agree. That's how I look at it. So that that's on, you know, them falling short is on their preparation for those three weeks, you know, where they lost. Yeah, just the, the three... <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes down the to. three weeks after the ACL injury to Bruce was just... That, that, well, pretty well, that, yeah. That's what's probably maybe cost them a flag this year. Yeah, um, because I think if they finish top two, they just go win week off and go from there. But, I mean, said so Port, so, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, but... You know, it's all hindsight, I guess, isn't it? Uh, you know, I still, I, if they won, yeah, exactly. If, Bull, if Bulldogs went on and won and ran over Melbourne, then everyone would say that Melbourne were lethargic because they didn't play for you know, it, two it, weeks. It's hindsight. It's a beautiful thing. Hindsight. You always say what you say. It's like a lot of fans always say, "Oh, but you don't like losing in a grand final." Where for me, I'm the type of person that would look at it in yeah, hindsight. I'm like, I'd rather have the day and the experience. And then yeah. if you get beat by a million gazillion points, so be it, right? Because at least you were there on the day. Yeah, exactly. So, so it, it hindsight think, lots to talk about moving forward, um, but we'll cover football sort of later, later on yeah. because there's too much happening now. Oh, there is. That's too important. Hundred percent. Where do you want to go from here? Well, it depends. Do we want to go like chronological order because the Premier League swung around and like we uh, do have uh, Brighton playing later? It was in four thirty in the morning, and if they win, they go top. So. I feel like we could go chronological or we could just go in the order that I've written it, which was kind of just like, I think like the order of like wowzers, what's happened this weekend. But um, let's, let's start with Chelsea City because it was the first game that we watched together on the weekend. Yeah. And um, my big thing from this is that Chelsea for us were hot favourites. Chelsea weren't hot favourites on the day if you're looking at, you know, in a betting sense. Um, but we have them pinned up as the Premier League favourites for the season, do we not? Because their squad's unreal, the yeah. talent's unreal, the, the manager's unreal. They just always seem to be on the money. And they looked horrid against City. And that's a combination of... That's a com- combination of... A combination. We got there. Eventually got out of my mouth. Of City still being unreal. City still having pep. Uh, but more, I feel like Chelsea just came out and was super-duper tentative. Where you normally see him move the ball around, look to get the wing backs bombing on, look to get um, players high and wide, looking for runners in behind and people running beyond Lukaku. It just looked like they just didn't want to play football. They just wanted to sit there. Um, and the stats show it. They had zero shots, zero on target, obviously. 40% of yeah, the ball as the EPL title favourites at home. Like I think no one's talking about Reese James's injury, so I only watched the second half because we still had the football. Yeah, we did. So you went and you went and started watching the soccer, where I kept watching the presentations, and I think Reese James not down that right hand side makes such a big difference for Chelsea. Like they don't have that's the one position they don't have a they'll put as plug and play yeah, option. Yeah, they'll put Asby Asby's there, not but the he's same. not the same player. It's a different player though. Yeah, Would you, where like on the left question for you on the left, you look at Alonso and Chilwell, they're the same player yeah. in the midfield. They've got the exact they've got two of the same. Operator in each position where they don't have a, a traditional wing back, you know, as a backup. I've got a question for you for that right back role because it's they're saying James is out for four weeks. Would you put Ben Chilwell out at right back, at right no. wing back? No, you can't because the way they play, they rely on that natural width. So you can't. You need that like, stronger foot on that side. They're not coming inside. Yeah, at all. So. Yeah. For them, I feel like that's the only spot they'd lack. It might be, it might actually be um, Chalaba. You know, he's more of a centre back, but at least he's right footed and he can get up can and down. He can hit a ball. Yeah, and he can get up and down. Yeah, sh- yeah. so it wouldn't surprise me if you see him there. Um, I mean, I haven't looked into what their other options are, but I'm sure there's other midfield sort of type players that can go do a, a role there for them that are energetic and get up and down the touch line. And it's, only for a few it's not weeks. a 
yeah, it's not a hard role to fill. You know what I mean? Like we've seen James Milner do it for us. Like I'm sure there's someone capable of being able to run the line and be defensively solid, which I think he provides. It might, you know, maybe it means you take Rudiger out. You know, he's capable. He's more capable playing on the right than a four, not in a three. But you know, or it might just be Aspi, and Aspi's asked to just you know try and physically give a bit more than than he's used to, or like like he used to. To be fair, yeah. or, to be fair, they're missing an Ivanovic. You know, like that was his role. That is true. Just being on the bench in his in his spot, coming out, coming when he wants to play Ivanovic as well, and they put him in the team sheet, and that's what he was. He was a plug and play, and he would be perfect for Reece James. But yeah. you know, obviously Ivanovic is a previous generation player, so we can't just say they've you know they've got that now. Yeah, they need that type of player yeah. though. Experience can get up and down the line. I think that's the only there, thing. If that's the only thing you're nitpicking with Chelsea's squad though, their squad is unreal. Yeah, well, the fact that no one mentioned it because of Reece James had been quite plug and play um, you know almost like a Robertson for us where you just don't really notice that he's not you know, not, it's not that you notice that he's not that he's playing but you know he's just dependable and does his job and doesn't really miss too many games and uh, you know as P goes into certain games where they need a bit more defensive you know reassurance so they might just shift the way that they play and they might ask their right winger or you know in this case they did change their system slightly too and they went two up front instead of the 3-4-3. Three, three. And it just didn't seem so they to might work. have to go back into that... Yeah, well, they might have to go back into a 3-4-3 shape so they get a bit of extra cover on that right-hand side by the winger. Well, that Chelsea's fixtures, though, for the next four are pretty good. And the reason why we're talking about this is I've wild-carded on fantasy and Lukaku has come straight in um, from this week on. And just having a look at the next four, it is Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle. If there's ever a time for a first-team player to get injured, it is then. And if it yeah. is five, it's then Burnley. Their next big game, if you want to put it a big game, is in six weeks against Leicester. The only problem for them is that probably come Champions League, they're probably a little bit stuck in the mud, so they have to play as P out there at right back. But I'm with you. I think like a, like Trevor could play at right back in those games, considering the, the fixture is not the greatest, you know, not the hardest. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that is... Uh... Yeah, so I think that's where they're at. I just think it's one of those games where, again, they've started so well. Um I don't know. They haven't really. They haven't played any of the big boys other than us as well. So, you know, they may just came short. City. You know, we said. You know, they were dreadful against Southampton. We knew they were going to respond. The goal for me is really lucky. I um, think it is too. Deflection. That, Mendy's left rooted yeah. to the spot. It goes in. And like on a different day, if that finishes new and new, we probably all turn around. We still say City. Chelsea were poor on the day, but the fact they've snatched the draw shows how good they are. You know, yeah, I didn't feel city. I didn't feel city crowded. All the like a heap of chances. I think that's more because I think uncomfortable though. I think Tuchel decided to set up really pragmatic though, and I feel like Chelsea yeah. have the ability to do that, and they did that to an extent in the Champions League final. But the difference for me in the Champions League final, they still looked to play on the break. They still looked to create. Obviously, for the goal in that Champions League final, was the movement was unreal. Where at Stamford Bridge on the weekend, it did not feel like at all that Chelsea even looked. Now, maybe the Reece-James injury throws that all in the chaos. They're going to assist they're not comfortable in, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, look, I, I, I think you've got to give a little bit of more credit to City. Considering how poor they were against Southampton, they had to come out and prove a point. Pep's proven yet again that when he gets it right, he's the best manager in the world. Um, and when City do play at their best, they're the, still probably arguably one of the best teams in the world. And they, they were in complete control yeah. in terms of possession, not giving Chelsea a sniff. I wouldn't say they're in complete control in terms of, oh, we created a 50 million chance they're going to score five, but they're in control of what was happening with that ball. And if you're doing that, most times they're not going to win games in football. So, you know, I think that's just a warning shot to everybody that even though no one's talking about City and City haven't looked 100% great, if they get going, they're still there. If they get going, no one's going to catch them. So, yeah. yeah. 100%. So, again, it's just that top four sort of mindset, isn't it? That any of the four can really show. But I think. You know, shifting our attention to the other early kickoff, which I've not seen for such a long time. There'd be two games in the early slot. I did us. enjoy that though with the goal rush and saying that there was not much action down there. You there was, know, we didn't see anything. Yeah, United <laughs> and Villa had not much action in terms of goal rush. We what? We saw the goal. We saw. I reckon. And maybe one chance. I reckon the highest say to his right hand side, and then the penalty. Yeah, that was it. And I was like so, expecting a lot more, considering I bought Ronaldo in for a four point hit this week. Which um, people may yeah. people may laugh at me just that I think he's kind of fixture proof and considering everyone there's like forty percent people own him on fantasy I kind of had to but um, where I think you've had him for a while now haven't you Paul? 
uh, to two or three weeks yeah, of Eddie Milan. Yeah, and he's so. always returned. Um, for me, it's just a United. That, don't get me wrong. I feel like United were a bit unlucky considering the stats. Now we didn't watch this game because obviously the Chelsea game was on. But um, from what I've seen in terms of highlights and from the stats of the game, it looks like United did play particularly well. Just didn't have that final killer ball. Um, for me, that can come down to the fact that when they don't have they don't have that really dogged six that allows the eight to go or that creative box to box eight that's like can pick the lock like a Kovacic as much as you don't think Kovacic is unreal for Chelsea what he does he knows how to sit in the right spot to win the ball back but his range of passing and picks yeah, and so it picks so many doors how many times has he swung a ball out to Reese James and put a ball into Lukaku right um, yeah and no one talks, yeah, and no one talks it. about it but that's what you kind Except of need to take to tick a game along. For me, Fred and McTomery aren't that sort of player. McTomery is maybe the guy that sits in and maybe wins the ball back for you and he can go box to box, but he doesn't have that quality. And Fred, for me, is just, it's Fred, right? Yeah, it, it, I'm it, a fan. Yeah, for me, they, they need someone. I've always said that Donny van der Beek kind of fits that, but, you know, we, we've had that discussion Whatever, before. There's a, there's a problem there. But that, yeah. that is my one issue with United is that that lacks. And I feel like if that on the day isn't working and then you don't get a return out of Bruno or Pogba creatively... It all falls down to Ronaldo. Does Ronaldo give you a moment of brilliance? And I will put Greenwood in that aspect that Greenwood has that flash of flair that he could go left or right and bang one in, right? But if. Can't rely on that every yeah, week, though. Yeah, if, if, if your Bruno or Pogba don't create for him, I don't see it happening. The fact Luke Shaw's looked absolutely horrid and now is injured um, as well, bombing on, and Wabasaka's not known for it. It's not like their fullbacks are really getting involved. I still think you. And Tellez has looked bad. I, I still think United still look. When it all clicks, United look like the best team in the comp because they just. Firepower up front is unreal now, right? And I love that the idea there is just to play free-flowing attacking football. My issue is, is who controls the game? And it isn't your 10 in Bruno. He's not the one that's meant to control the game. He's the one that's meant to float around, pick the ball up, and that's the creativity, right? They don't have a midfielder that controls the game. McTominay or Fred is not that player. And Pogba is wasted when you put him back there, plus you don't get the defensive responsibility. That's the one problem yeah. for United. If they signed a player like that, then... Well, yeah, that that, that would... been saying it for a few months yeah. now, though, so it's not news. It's not. So We've been, been saying it for a long while. I feel like it's been more than a few months. I reckon it's been the problem for a while, like a long while, a couple of years in the middle of the park. Well, it has, but since we've been recording, oh yeah, since we've been, they've since just had the pod, no, yeah. And like, you, I don't get them. Like, you still don't see Sancho at all. Like, it, I, I keep saying it. Like, everyone's. Hyping him, I'm, I've been saying it since he signed. He hasn't looked good wasted. at all. No, he feels like he's he's and taken he a long shit. time to get up to speed. I'd still rather have Mason Greenwood over him, Rashford over him when he comes back. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. So look, and they've gotten rid of Daniel James as well, uh, and he still can't get a sniff. Look, like, I, I, I would have got rid of Daniel James. I don't rate the footballer and Daniel James. I feel like he's a good pick up there for um, Leeds, but um, yeah, uh, I don't. I feel like that's his level though for Daniel James, like Leeds football club. But that's not yeah, but what I'm saying is the fact that he was starting games over Sancho and then he I think that, and Sancho I think, still I, I, I think that was more the fact that United were going to bleed Sancho in slowly and James was the only one that oh, was really I don't fit. think so. Um, I think there was more of that. If Sancho came in a lot, you know, if Sancho came in and had a full preseason, I feel like he was going to start, obviously, Euros, etc. I don't too think much. he does. Uh, I, I still don't think he does. I, I don't actually rate him at oh, all. Oh, look, I, like, I haven't... I, you prove me wrong. I haven't seen enough of him this season for United to go... Yeah, right. You're the baller. I still I didn't think rate him as highly as everyone did at Dortmund, though. Yeah, that's the other thing. I still think there's a footballer in him. I just feel like it's like Wilfred Zaha. He never got going at United, so they, they, they cut him out the door. I feel like Sancho could turn out like that, or he's going to rise above it eventually. Might take him six months to get get on top of everything and get up to speed, and then he'll look good. For me, you can't judge him just yet, but he's definitely going down the route of it could turn into a Wilfred Zaha. Off you go. Or Depay. Yeah, or Depay. You know. Guys that obviously have ca- Maria. guys that are obviously capable of, of playing football, but never quite cut the mustard at Man United. And you got to remember, there's yeah, a lot of man, players man. that you got to you know compare them to, like Giggs, Beckham used to play out wide, Ronaldo, and now Ronaldo's back. And I feel like a lot of these yeah, guys. I'm not even comparing. No, him I just to feel them, like that United thing. fans compare them to that, and then the pressure of that gets on top of them as well. I feel like Zaha never cope with it, and I just. Think if Sancho hasn't got going yet, and then the pressure starts building, he's going to go down that same route. I feel, and that that's a shame because there is a footballer there. Uh, but yeah, uh, it is what it is with Sancho. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, 
So penalties, um, that was that was funny. Just that was funny. Oh, you, you want to know what I laugh about that? Have you seen the footage of Martinez pre-penalty? No. Ah, so Martinez goes up and look. I'm all for it as a goalkeeper to get in people's heads, and he goes and runs up to Ronaldo and he starts shouting at Ronaldo, "You take it, you take it, you take it." And Bruno takes the ball and he's like, "No, he takes it." And then Bruno plays it over the bar. On. I don't know what he's doing. But I love it, and then. Well, that's what I, I think. He just felt the pressure of Ronaldo. Well, like, yeah, I've never like, seen. I need to make have this. you ever seen Bruno try lever a penalty? No. See, never. he's always he's I, always at the pace, and he stood up there like he's going to absolutely blast his top bins. Like it, it, it was either I have to break the net, or I'm not taking penalties anymore, which is a wrong mentality. Yeah. If he steps up like normal Bruno and just places it into the spot, look, unless Martinez goes the same way and makes a great save, Bruno probably scores. The question is, is now what does Ollie do? Next penalty situation. Bruno's been has had a pretty good penalty record for a very long time. Ronaldo's is very similar. I actually think Bruno's is better. I think that's what they were saying in commentary. Um That wouldn't surprise me. Right. Does Ollie turn around and go, right, Bruno, you've missed one, you're done, or does he go, No, I back you? And it has look, it has two effects. Ronaldo's gonna be the pin up boy and go, hang on, I I am I'm Penaldo. Like, just give me my penalties. And People that have, you know, that would back up Bruno would be like, well, Bruno's our penalty taker. Imagine if you're Bruno, though, you've missed one pen in, well, he, he scored a million last season, it felt like. I've now just been dropped for penalties. What do you do? How, how do you feel as a player? Like, that plays on you massively, I feel well, he's like. Not being, he's not being dropped. It's more he's come into an environment where there's an established penalty taker. That's But he's an established penalty taker, though. So, no, well, you don't want to come into a team and then demand it and then, you know just cause issues off the bat because you, you want to have a cry about taking penalties. Whether there's a discussion that happens now because he's missed one, I doubt. I still think... He takes... I still Bruno's think Bruno's going to take it. He's got the credit in the bank. Like, players miss penalties. It happens. Um, I think maybe it's not a... Like, obviously, the result's not good for United. Um, but, you know, end of the day, I think if he gets the backing from management that he's still going to take them then it's going to make him a better penalty taker moving forward because the confidence is going to be there that it, he's not going to lose that role um, and if you know if you take it off him that might kill him for good for penalties as well yeah, he, he never, might not have the same confidence yeah he may never stop, take a penalty so. like it again so as in yeah, like how he that's used to, the way I'm leaning uh, I, feel, I feel like Oli would make a big mistake if he gave it to Ronaldo the next one I honestly do yeah 100% I, I, yeah and as much as I would love Ronaldo to take him on fantasy reasons, um, I just feel like it would kill Bruno Fernandez, the penalty taker, and Bruno's known for it. So you stick by that as a manager. Um, hey, if he starts missing them though, like if he misses his next two, yeah, then you go, oh, hang on, have a break. Yeah. And they got Rashford as well. He's a good enough penalty taker. Well, as usually, well, so yeah, obviously Rashford there. missing the Euros, but Rashford usually strikes them well. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, it's different scenario. Yeah, just don't, what we're saying here is in the FA Cup, do not get United on penalties because United will beat you. Yeah, pretty well. Between those, yeah, three guys in particular, you know, there's three of your five locked in, and Pick you got Maguire that can hit one. Yeah, Maguire hit a really good but penalty. Four. In so yeah, you don't, you don't want United in a penalty shootout, FA Cup, yeah. Champions League. You know, yeah, just 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 Alrighty. beat them beforehand is what we're saying. The next big game, I think we need to cover quickly, is uh, Leeds-West Ham because this is one we watched Intently. pretty closely uh, for the first sort of 60 minutes and I think I dozed you off. You dozed off and I was um, watching it because our multi came to life. When, as soon as you fell asleep, our multi came to life. And yeah, then, so West Ham could have scored probably seven oh, I, in this game I, if it wasn't for Melia. Oh my, he's got to give me nightmares because I'm going to lose my fantasy head-to-head to bottom. And all because, A, I put Rafinha on the bench, which, thank you, Paul. You, you, you were smart on keeping him on the on, on in your 11. Um, six-point swing for you there, wasn't that, it? Yeah, it's a six-point swing. Um, and then, uh, uh, obviously, I captained Antonio this week because Antonio's stats in terms of goals expected this season have been incredible. I think everyone knows that. But Leeds have had the third-worst defence this season. I do want to talk about it because they're having massive trouble at the back. And this is the first time Leeds have been on prime time as in the game to watch. Usually when they're on goal rush, they're not the goal rush game. Unless they're playing one of the big boys. Yeah. And they notice, noticeably, for me at least, Paul, when we watch the game together, they noticeably look so horrid at the back. Yeah, they've got a lot of injuries, but if that's how they're going to defend, and they've been torn to shreds already yeah. by a few boys... They're leaking goals. They're going to struggle. 
and slowly creep into this relegation battle, which I do not want Leeds Football Club to be part of. But I look at their underlying stats, the expected goals against, and it's massive. The fact that Norwich is below you kind of shows you that, you know, and Newcastle's around it's almost like Sheffield. It, 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 it's, it's almost like Sheffield United, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I just... Just that second season syndrome. I just, oh, I just, I hope they turn it around eventually, but... They look in trouble. Like Antonio really could have had a goal inside 10 minutes and uh, it was a great save from the keeper. They could have had an assist with Fornals because Fornals should really score yeah, the one-on-one. One on one. I credit the key. Makes it off big. Antonio scores, obviously, the winner, right? But there was also half moments where there was a ball in the box and Antonio had a stretch back stick. But every time Leeds got forward, not Leeds got forward, sorry, every time West Ham got forward, not through Antonio, for anyone else, that Leeds just looked like giving him a chance. If it wasn't for the keeper yeah. on a different day... Um, look, that game could have been astronomical. It could have been four 0 at half time. In saying that, though, you've got to yeah. give Rafinha credit, and this is why everyone has him in fantasy. When then you've got to remember, Leeds have had a quite a difficult start to the Prem as well, though, and their fixtures are about to turn good. Um, Rafinha yeah. just looks like a baller. His run for the goal, I don't know. I, I picked it out Saturday. No one else mentioned it. I just happened to see it in a replay later, like 15 minutes after. He starts his run practically from his own 18-yard box and he's getting engine. on the end of it inside the D. He's got an engine. He can go both ways. Um, he, he, he's lively. He's he, he, he just, he's got that chances. X factor, his flair. It's South American, you know. He, he just he looks yeah. the goods. He's just, He drops that shoulder, doesn't he? He drops the shoulder so easily. He can just slide ball. the ball... Left left corner, very Salah esque the way. And he like hit the post. Not, not, reminds me he a hit lot the of post at one nil as well when they one nil up as well. We had the keeper beat. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah. he's someone that could play at a higher level than Leeds Football Club. Yeah, I'm saying. I mean, then they'll they'll make a huge profit. You know, he might only stay there to the end of this year. And then and they'll make huge they could profit. Double their well, money look, because he's that good. For me, Paul, I always ask this question when we talk about players that I feel like are good. Would you love him off the bench for Liverpool? I'd love him to start. I'd move Mo inside and then play him off the right. Yeah, but would you do that too, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty simple, isn't yeah. it? And then <laughs> you don't lose too much, and then it's sort of you have your Jota who can go either and side Bob, off the bench kind of thing, and that that kind of replaces. It. I think if Bobby goes this summer, which I anticipate probably happening, I would love Rafinha to come in off the back of Bobby leaving, and, the and then moving Mo inside. Yeah. I, I would not say no to that, mate. I would not say no yeah. to that at all. My big thing from this game was uh, West Ham um, because it could have very easily been a day where you go, God damn it, we're not going to beat this bloody goalkeeper. How are we going to score? And they just kept coming, didn't and they? Managed, and that's a credit to Moyes. Yeah. yeah, and they just came and came and came and came and came and they managed to just you know blow the house down eventually and it's Antonio again. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah, we, He's gonna get enough chances. We left out, as of, be- the we left out of bed when, when that went in, didn't we? That was that was a good goal. Yeah, I literally, I think I heard you. That's why I must have gotten up because I literally woke. I don't know what happened, but I woke up and the, they were celebrating. Oh so yeah, you must have said I, something. I, I, yeah, I went. Come on, please, Leicester score because we missed by a leg and that was Leicester beating Burnley. But, yeah, um, which I would have lost mine anyway because I had Liverpool in it. So, yeah. and I, I we can transition into that now. I want to. I want to. Um, raise one point before we do and it's it's a small point but when you associate David Moyes you think a bit more longer direct football don't you right you do you think back to the Everton days right he played good football at Everton he tried I feel feel like he had at his disposal a team that was a little bit more longer ball because of Fellaini then he had Timmy Cahill and Timmy Cahill was a bit older etc etc right Um, and so I always feel like I associate me personally David Moyes David Moyes has got Western playing some unreal football, like proper, you know, move the ball around sort of football. Could you imagine if United stuck with him for a few years? What he could have yeah, done? Yeah, I know. If they actually backed the project. Yeah, and like, just prove that Sir Alex has an eye for talent. Because if this is what David Moyes is doing. He's finally got in a vibe and they're backing him. He's got players around him that he's got in and he's got a system that he's happy with. It just shows yeah. that there is a manager there, doesn't it? So, um, 100%. and I feel like that. Look, United yet again, not the bash on United here. They probably missed the trick. And it just shows that if you back a manager... The it's, the same, it's the same with uh, Potter at Brighton. When you back a manager, give him time, let him build the philosophy. Yeah. You, you're... Um, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're quite happy with what's going on and that's it. So, yeah. 100% um, I agree with you there. Yeah. But, well, let's go to Liverpool because this is going to pain us to talk about. Speaking yeah. about backing, backing a process, you can talk about the Brentford process, whether... It was vintage Brentford or not, which I'm going to go with the latter of it not being vintage Brentford. 
I said it to you as soon as I woke up, or well, as soon as you woke up Saturday, actually, yep. uh, Saturday, Sunday, that you were going to cry watching the highlights because the defending and just the sheer luck of our, the goals we conceded would just be on the joke. So I'm not taking too much out of this result. Yep. Because the goals that we scored, all three of them were well worked. Um, the goal, the three goals we can see, I think Ivan Tony gets a nice little flick on the first one. I still think Matip needs to do better yep. to just get in front of the ball um, as it's rolling across. And then the other two goals are just a definition of sheer luck. There's a bit like, of cheese, it's, no, isn't it? it's just a little bit of whatever. Like you, you saw yeah, my reaction. To be fair, the third goal, the third goal was a nice finish. By how it comes but about. The lead up, how it comes the lead about. Up to it was you, just you saw my reaction to the third goal. Literally, my jaw dropped. Now in. Yeah. Now, me and Paul don't miss a lot of games of football. Um, Paul definitely probably watches a lot more back non-live than I do, but I barely miss a Liverpool yeah. game. Just to in, put it out there, we've just played golf, barbecue, AFL Grand Final, 11.30 kickoffs, and it's been a big weekend, and right? The, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we slept through this one. Um, I am, A, glad we, I slept through this one because I would have been sorry for the other boys that were sleeping in the house because they would have been awoken, um, A. B, I feel like, A, we were unlucky. Don't get me wrong, I feel like Liverpool were quite unlucky in this game. I want to give Brentford credit because they could have come out there, they could have sat deep, they could have been like, yeah, we know we're at home, but if we make yeah. it difficult, we go on the Tony, you know, we might something might happen, maybe we'll snatch one. Like they did against Arsenal. Yeah, I think that they got it right on the day. I think they went, no, this is our game plan. This is how we're going to play at home. And it, the Arsenal situation means they went away to the Emirates on the... Um, no, they, sorry. They had Arsenal on the opening at day at home. That's a bit different. Opening day, you don't want to get blown out of the water because it sets the tone yeah. for the season, right? And they still played relatively good football there. Yeah, they get a low in, the long throw-in goal, etc., etc. But for me, I feel like they kind of gone, all right, we've got our feet settled in the Prem. We know we're going to be in and around the relegation fight. But if we play our sort of football at home... Right, yeah, we, we, can get we can get results, and I feel like that proves it to them. So, as much as I would love to say that, yeah, we've been a bit unlucky, which we have because the goals are absolutely horrid, I still feel like Brentford deserve their luck, and I don't want to take that away from them. Um, I feel like that Ivan Tony's just proven to everyone that was writing him off that he cuts it at the level, he does. You know, they yeah, gave him service last week, and this and the movement killed us. Like, look how he pins himself on Matip and wins a flick on, and he's you know, for me. Paul, he's, he's like in Bolo. He's that second type of striker you want off the bench when teams part of the bus because he's big, he's strong, he's tall. He can win flick-ons for you. You can romp it long to him. But he's also quick and he has a work rate, you know, and I, I love that. So yeah. for me, he's unreal. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's just, yeah, it's one of those days for Liverpool. It's annoying because we miss a massive opportunity here, don't we? Because we could go free. We still take a point. Uh, we still take a point over Chelsea and United on the day. Yeah, like, which, is, which is good. I know he's, you're just massive. No City get three, but yeah. In the, look, end of the day, Southampton go and get a, a result against Man City the week before. Like ev- everyone's a drop point, yeah. so that you know, it's one of those ones where City make up for us winning last week. We drop a point this week. And United and Chelsea, you know, just you know, yeah, just yeah, they've all dropped points. So it's going to be that sort of season really anyway, points. where it's going to be crazy. Yeah, everyone's going to drop points. Everyone's going to drop points. It depends on what you're doing against the big teams and. We've got a big team to, to worry about this week, so we'll, I think that suits know, us though. We'll I, I, that I, next I prefer week, playing but, City. Uh, it's good. Oh, 100%. But I don't think there's much more really to say. Curtis Jones, I would have loved to have seen what that ball would have done if it didn't take a deflection. I feel like the, I feel like Ray would have saved it, but it was motoring. Yeah. Um, for me, hit. for me, I feel like we have to mention that Sullivan's just broken the record for fastest 100 goals for Liverpool. Yeah. The guy's a winger, man. The, the guy's a winger. Even, it's not even Premier League. Not even Premier League top flight. Yeah, it's just, like, that's of just all time. And this is going back the whole yeah. history of Liverpool. He's a winger. Uh, um, I don't really, I don't really see him as a winger though. The way we play, our wingers are practically two strikers up front with a number ten. You know, they're so narrow. They're, they're, not, they're not running down the line. They're cutting inside. I wouldn't. I class, you know, Beckham and. Theo Walcott as wingers. Those guys that are sat out of the tie line and like Beckham would used to whip him yeah. from on the touchline to wherever in the middle and Theo Walcott yeah. used to receive it out there and knock balls past down the line and run onto it. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a true winger to me where ours are more... Yeah, ours is more the modern day yeah. winger, I feel. Ours is more the, uh, you know, that that's where modern football's going is the, the yeah. inside wingers that come inside, get around the nine... Um, so yeah, I I I I hear you. I definitely hear you. 
but yeah but I mean to you know all the legends that we've had at the club including you know Luis Suarez and Dalglishes and Rushes and John Barnes and you know of the world and for him to get there get there the fastest then you know that tells you the quality so when people do question his ability or you know his legacy you know think about that yeah I hear you <laughs> and one more uh, big game we've ripped the crap we've rinsed them like a or we've wrung them out to like a uh, a tea towel that we've used to wash the dishes with but the two laughing stocks for me of the Premier League this year (laughs) at the minute for very different reasons um, Spurs and Arsenal you know similar to the grand final a 30 minute period decided this game and it was the sort of 30 minute period between the three goals um, this morning for for Arsenal Um, we've spoken about their gems you know um, Smith Rowe and Saka and it's no surprise that they're involved in every goal uh, in this game for me. Uh, no uh, surprise for me either. And um, look, based on this performance, Smith Rowe is coming to my fantasy. Yeah, he's man, free. He is nailed on now. I feel like he can't. He's undroppable. Saka's undroppable. And I feel like Odegaard's undroppable now. And I feel like yeah. if Arteta just sticks with that base in Premier League games, they're going to be around the mark. And not, not to win like the league or finish top four, but they'll be around the mark to be, to be competitive. And I feel like for Arsenal, yeah. that you're bleeding in the kids and you start building philosophy. Yeah, it's so late on in Arteta's managerial reign at Arsenal. It finally looks like maybe it could be clicking. Finally. Uh, maybe they find, he's finally figured out something he's just going to stick to his guns. And if that is the development process and he turns out the other side, in a few years' time, he's still there then all the bagging that we gave him has helped, I feel like, because it just shows the process. For me, it's the defence. It, it is. For me, it's I the defence. It's like, all the new signings in there. I still feel like with Ramsdale and Net, they look a lot more solid. And that's not because he's made a world of a yeah. save and whatever. I just feel like when <laughs> Leno's there, there's no confidence from the back four. When Ramsdale's there, the back four look like they play with a little bit more confidence. They can go back to the keeper. They can use his feet. But they know that if something happens, he can make a save. Right, when the big one for me is Tommy Asu because they've been looking so hard for a right back and they haven't had it. And now they've got and it. He's so solid, he and he, you know, Son does score. But the other thing is, it's just your composure you get from a, a quality player like him. Ben White again, we've we've said the money's there. Whatever, it's not our money. Who cares? He's a quality centre back, and he's starting to show it. Gabriel, we've known he's a quality centre back. Tierney, when he's fit, quality left back. Ramsdale capable of making good saves. So you're looking it's at a back five. Shaka and Party, I think, was the right combination for a derby. A bit more conservative yep, um, than Sambi Lakonga. I wouldn't want to, as a manager, I wouldn't want to throw um, Sambi Lakonga in there um, because young player. Yeah, I agree. And, so, and I think that's a. I don't think he got point. the team right. I think that's a very good point because yeah. if, you, if you listen to Nuno's press conference after the game, he said he had a game plan. It was a wrong game plan on the day. And the reason it was a wrong plan, game plan is he selected the team that did not match his game plan. And I was like, wow, to say that in a press conference, he wasn't going to name names. And I feel like whoever was asking the Premier League press match interview on the pitch like afterwards, like the, after 15 minutes they do that presser, um, pitch side. Yeah. yeah, whoever was the yeah. the, the interviewer, the, they, never, they never get good stick. They always get bad stick. I want to give him credit because he asked the right questions. He understood what Nuno was trying to say about pressing him. And for me, I, I get it, you know, like, you look at the team that they sent out, and I'm like, Tenganga is that right back, maybe they don't have another option, but, you know, straight away, uh, Deli Ali, obviously, is a very aggressive player, Holderberg sitting in the middle of Endombele, Kane's not in form, Lucas Moura's on the right, Son's on the left, you're looking at the Spurs side, and I'm like, yeah, I understand it's a 4 3 3 but is there really a defensively minded player, has Holderberg got to really run the show by himself? Right. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, he's shown that he can't. Yeah, yeah. and they I feel like Nuno. I feel like Nuno has realised. He doesn't that. know his best team. Yeah, yet. and I feel like that. He doesn't know his best. This team. game came too early for him. He, he they, and you got to remember, I'm linking this back to what the stats were after their first few games, even though they won them. Right, is they should have conceded against City. They had one of the highest expected goals against ratio after their first few games, and yes, they won them. Right. And now I said it that when they start, when it started, the goal started going in. We I said it in a couple of points ago. This is where the stats are going to start relying to the goals that actually go in, and the ratio and the goals that they're conceding now are getting closer and closer and closer. And it's because I just don't think the defense is good enough. I don't, and yeah, I feel like yeah. that there's 
the tactical system isn't there yet. Now, it's very early on for Nuno, right? You've got to remember that. He hasn't, you know, he came in, I wouldn't say he came in late, but the Euros don't help. Harry Kane's situation doesn't help. So then he started building for a team without Harry Kane, and now he's got Kane. Um, I just feel like you've got to give Nuno time, but this game was way too early. And for Arteta, it's right time to play Spurs, right? Like, the right time to play Spurs. Yeah, you definitely want them. You definitely want them, you know, because they're just there for the taking. Yeah. Um, and that's how I, and how I see it moving happen. So, I'm moving forward, I should say. So, look, three good finishes, I'd say. Sacco's goal's nice, or Bamiang's good finish. Um, he also missed another chance as well um, earlier, I think, to go one new up. But we'll get to Arsenal in a little bit um, with some of the questions that we've got coming through. We've got a few um, Spurs questions as well down below, which I think I like. Yeah. As well, but um, so I reckon before we move into those, my sort of feel good moment this week was was Jimenez oh, scoring. Oh, so good, um, wasn't good it? Distribution from the keeper. Jose, well. and, what a leg! You know, it's not just the distribution because there's a lot that Jimenez still had to do. He had to turn his man inside out, beat one more, and then slot the ball away. And on another day, he has two um, as well. Like there was a really good counter attack where he could have squared it to Adama, and I think he was waiting for the keeper to kind of start moving to Adama so he could roll it into the near post, and then the it keeper never sort of didn't take didn't take the bait, and he sort of hit it into into the keeper there. But um, really nice to see him um, kick on there, which you know was was nice in front of the. Fans I feel like too. it was great so, just to see that happen, and just to see the journey he's gone on to be here. He's missed a few big chances as well throughout. Just yeah, look, I'm glad that it happened for him, and I'm hoping he goes on and kicks yeah. on. Um, and look on that game, I feel like Wolves were a little lucky, but. On a different day, they score a couple and they yeah, win. Southampton so, yeah. had their chances. Adam Armstrong could have had two. Che Adams should have had one after Saar makes a real big mistake with trying to play yeah. out and makes a big double save. Yeah, so, so it is what it is. But I don't know about Wolves. Yeah, Wolves, Wolves have been very hit and miss. They have a very good create, creative index. If you look at stats, if you don't realise this is what I do in my spare time when I wake up, I just look at stats. Um, so I feel like that will eventually become close enough, finish a few more chances. For me, for them, it's just do they have the quality to be as good as we expect Wolves to be, which is like top eight. I don't think that that is the goal. Different the side now than the one that was pushing. Yeah, no, 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 different, no. Ma- different manager, different team, so don't have the same expectations, yeah, exactly. really. And then That's my you've thought. got your other results that happened throughout the weekend as well. Watford and Newcastle drawing a big relegation scrap. For me, Norwich just looks super-duper poor. And just to see, you know, yeah, I feel, I feel like the eight points I'm predicting them to get throughout the year is on the money. So, yeah, yeah that that is just, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen at Norwich. It could be a really, yeah, really just bad, bad, bad season. They just don't have the quality. They, they don't. Have the quality. They don't have the quality. They're going to yo-yo again because they're probably going to come out next season in the championship and win it again and just be like, yay. And then they're going to go back up and down. Yeah, and we're back. Just uh, yeah. it is what so it is. let's go. Let's move. Let's go on to these questions. I think. Yes. Um, let's do it. We've got a few to get through. So, has Orba proved he's no longer finished? I'm gonna go no. Um, Was he ever finished? Well, I'm. I think he is. I um, feel like he has to recreate think... himself in a different player. I wouldn't say he's finished, but he has to understand that his speed's no longer there. When you give him service, yeah. of course he's gonna finish. Right, because he's still yeah, quality. He's yeah, he's still quality. Just for what you expect a, a boomerang to be, which is get the ball, knock a passing opponent, out sprint everybody, goal. He ain't doing he that. He ain't doing that anymore, right? He is going to be he relies on yeah, others exactly. to create the chances. For me, he has to become that more of a six-yard yeah, box striker. He has to be get come from deep, get involved in the play, turn, get his run into the box, get on the end of something. That's, he hasn't got that skill set. He's literally going to be almost on FM terms and advance forward where. He just needs like the play around him to happen. So Odegaard needs to be able to give him the little slip ball, but he's not going to get on the end of a thirty-yard run. No, he's, they're going to be they're going to be five-yard runs where he beats them for pace off the line, and it's a one-time knock the ball past the keeper. You yeah, know? like that's they're the only goals I see him getting, which is his his goal. Is it his goal? I think it was. The the play starts with the ball being played to his feet. He doesn't even take a touch. He just. Bobs it in the air for Smith Rowe. Yeah. Smith Rowe runs the whole line himself and then cuts it back to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, the edge of the box on his left foot. That that's the only way I see him scoring now. I don't see him carrying the ball like he used to and just burning past people. It has to be off off ball movement. I but agree. 
You know, for me, there's going to be a point where that's going to stop. Yeah, for me, mentally, he's always going to be a good footballer. For me, it relies a lot on his physicals. I wouldn't say he's finished, but I wouldn't say that you expect him to be the Aubameyang that everyone expects, right? Um, I feel for Lacazette. I do too. He hasn't done much wrong to not be in the yeah, team. Yeah, I do too. But um, I just, I, I, it's the name of Aubameyang, isn't it? it? It just is what it is. Yeah, and the money. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. And just, yeah, it is. I, I, finish is a strong statement, by the way, JS. Like to say that you're finished. I think he is. Is uh, I'm, I, by finished, I mean he is not going to improve. You know what I mean? Like I think what we're seeing now is his ceiling, yeah. which I would start to look elsewhere. Which means you're, ne- you're never going to see him play on the left, and that's for me. That's where you know that his roles had to change because he did play a lot of the left. So you can tell that it's not the same. But anyway, I agree. So. JS's other question West Ham to make top four no I feel like they fall short but they give it a hot run yeah short answer is no because there's too many big teams with big bank accounts that have spent money I agree Dim uh, thoughts on the Henri Spotify takeover Um, I'm going to just say I haven't heard anything about it Um, doesn't really matter at this point Um, I don't know there's no point talking about it until it happens. That's my yeah. Opinion. See, like I don't even because know if that's copped up again, or is it a bit of like a repost of a news article? Because I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I don't think it's worth even really delving into until we know it's official. Like, how many times have Newcastle almost been bought, and you go around the same circle hundred times, and then they don't reach an agreement. So I feel like it's one of those topics for me. I'd rather just cover it. Yeah. If it I happens, agree. not not thinking hypothetically. I agree. Um. Match day two predictions. I mean, we could go through games, but I mean, I've got some big ones here. Yeah, so, the big ones up, Paul. Um, PSG, Man City. Uh, I think Man City win that comfortably. Yeah, just judging by how PSG have been the last little bit, I would say that's the sort of game I'd love to see when PSG out there pomp and everything's like all just like settled. Yeah, yeah? and they're playing which the football, they're which they're not. This is the right time to play PSG at the minute. Well, everyone's gelling together. Once they gelled, yeah. they're going to be unreal. But they haven't gelled yet. And I haven't gelled as quickly as I thought they might have gelled. But, um, yeah. yeah, this is the right time for City to play them. Another game, another big one, Milan and Atletico Madrid. Um, that's actually a, an old-school, like, classical Champions League tie. Like, two teams that are going to be really dogged defensively. It'd be really interesting to watch for, like, the coaches out there where two sides will look to, you know, be a little bit more pragmatic, I feel. Uh, which excites yeah. me. But um, as of neutral, that game could finish nil nil, could finish 2-2. It's one of those. Um, yeah. Uh, Atletico win that one one nil. Nah, two one. Um, I'm going to draw because it's in Italy. Um, I'll take a two all uh, draw there because the Milan looked good against us. Milan always played good against us though. Let's be honest. This is historically what happens. Then on Thursday, there's Juventus Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea win that. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um. Other than that, it's no real. The rest play itself because that means games. we've got what's yeah. it? That means we've got what's its name? The we got Porto. Yeah, fourth seed there, Porto. That's it. Which is still not hard, yeah. but we always seem to get Porto and yeah, and smack them. Yeah, but I, I never write Porto off of producing because it's Porto, and we know that Porto on their day can be quality. So, but we should be that. Yeah, that's a great yeah. And then the last question from Dim is, can Leicester bounce back from their uh, interesting start? I believe they can. It's not a, it's not a year that you want to be uh, on the back foot, though. That's yeah. what I'm going to say about that one. Yeah, look, this year could slip away from you really quick by what's happening. Sounds like they're really not getting along with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers, I've been thinking about the NFL today. Yeah. Um, they're not getting along too well with Big Brendan um, at the moment. So... Yeah, um, well, they just can't get it right and bring Madison on. Yeah. And look what happens. So maybe he needs to go back and trust the boys that have got him. Where he's got him before. It's interesting because Arteta's had to bring the new players in, but I think the quality of Arsenal is a bit different. I just just feel like it's it's Leicester bringing in players to hopefully add quality, but they haven't, A, gelled into the squad, B, not had enough time. And when you bring in too many, it upsets the squad a little bit, unsettles it. I just feel like they're just super-duper unsettled. Brendan, I think, for me, doesn't know what... He wants to play at the minute. He doesn't know if he wants to go to up top, if he wants to play 43-1. I feel like... We haven't even seen Pats and Dakar really either. You know, like, meant to be a gun wonder kid. 
For me, I feel like they are going to be second half of the year really good. It's just that their slow start is going to cost them probably finishing in Europe maybe or top four at least, definitely. Um, but yeah, so we'll wait and we'll see what goes on. And um, yeah, be interesting to see what goes. And we'll finish off with a few questions from Russo. So we'll go with, do you think Nuno will be the... Manager of Spurs come the end of the season. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 really I don't. I don't think they. Uh, I don't no, think they, they can't sack him. him. No, they can't because the merry-go-round they went through to find a manager. That would look stupid if they. You know, clearly he wasn't the first choice, and they're going to try and back him now because there's really no one else out there to be perfectly honest. And I think you've got to give him um, no time. Considering what he did at Wolves, you've got to give a manager like that time. Yeah. And he's nowhere near playing what he did at Wolves too. We don't know whether he wants to shift Spurs to a three at the back team or, you know what I mean, is he playing with what he's got because it's all he's got, you know? Like, did he bank on Kane going and then that not happen and now he's trying to keyhole Kane into his system by playing him on the left because he thought he was going to have money and, you know, a big vacant space to use, which hasn't happened too. So I think that's part of the yes. the big thing for, for, for Nuno. I feel like you've got to give Nuno at least a couple of years and let him build what he wants and don't rush. Yeah, I agree. He's deserved that credit too, to be honest, yes, with I what agree. he did with Wolves. Um, Russell wants to know, is it time to recognise that Spurs are no good? I could have told you that three years ago that they're no good. <laughs> so that's not any, are Spurs ever good? Nothing new. Well, since they lost the Champions League final, they haven't been no. good. No, um, but yeah... Uh, just, uh, that's a question and a half, Russell. That's an Arsenal question. That's an that's Arsenal, a very Arsenal, yeah, that's Arsenal, that's Arsenal question. That's an Arsenal fan asking that question for sure. Um, and then was the City result against Chelsea a reflection on the tactics from Tuchel or being found out? I'm just going to say it was a shit day at the office. Yeah, they um, happened even to the best teams. They happened. You know how hard it is to go undefeated yeah. in the Prem? Ask Liverpool. Watford did them over. Yeah. So, um, exactly. Look, I... I Results happen. Look, it's not like they played some mugs either. They played City and they made them look like yeah. them. City made Chelsea look like mugs. And I think that's a lot of credit to City. It, yeah, Tuchel maybe was found out, maybe changing his system and it didn't work because they were a little bit more pragmatic. But at the same time, that same sort of style worked for them in the Champions League final. So it's a bad day at the yeah. office. I think that's a nice way to recap the end of the podcast, really. So... Yeah. Um, another big week of sport um, again we've got another big week coming up this week with Champions League and Premier League and all the other you know competitions that we cover so Dame once again thanks for your company yes, this evening it's a, always a pleasure Pretty, and my last note is to all the Lando Norris fans out there unlucky last night because that was brutal to watch yeah that was the one thing I sort of sacrificed by not watching it was the F1, so I do need to catch up on that actually would, tonight. Because don't I watch the full race, just go and watch the last 10 laps. Yeah, that was my plan. Yeah. I had no chance of watching the whole race. So, from myself, thank you, our lovely listeners, once again, for all your support across all our platforms. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave a review uh, on Apple Podcasts to keep showing your support. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the PD Sports Podcast. <laughs>